3: Now, Diana Rossini reported this weekend that people around the building are assuming or preparing for a mutual parting of ways between Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. He will go coach somewhere else if that is the case. Will he be the GM as well? We assume, but who knows? That would be bananas. That would be a
2: colossal move in the NFL news. I've heard that. I've heard more and more of that over the
4: past week. I'm not a reporter, all that stuff, but I have heard that. You're a journalist. Yeah, um, I, I have heard that that's going to be the case, and it's kind of uh, who who knows the likelihood of it, but I've, I've heard that that's going to happen, and I've heard the location is already kind of determined as well.
3: Where he's going?
4: Hello? Chargers. You I'm not giving. Uh, <laughs> uh, I uh, th- 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 I just, I've heard that.
5: I've Who'd, heard you it. Hear? Who'd you hear from? I've heard that. <laughs> oh, God. Second hour of KJ Lines on WEEI 617-779-7937, text line three seven. That's Dan Orlovsky doing the worst soft shoe shuffle and jiving on the Pat McAfee show about where Belichick's next destination. You, how many times he said, I'm hearing there, John? Three,
4: four? And by the way, speaking of that, did you hear him on the Jones and Mego show? <laughs> No, And I like I, Dan Orlovsky. I don't think he could have walked that take back fast he's a Connecticut enough guy that's when they asked good. him about that.
5: You know, but. good for him. You know, high school, Connecticut, college, Connecticut, job in Connecticut.
4: Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I, I like his analysis, but, man, he, uh very uh, eager to walk right. that back. Yeah, and here's the issue. John,
5: as a teacher, what is a million times zero? Uh, I believe it would be zero. Zero. But we are now in a society, and this also goes to Clarissa Thompson, blue ha-ha, that people get caught up on the million. Even you and I don't
4: make things up on the radio.
5: We don't make things up because there's a standard for us to be here. There are lawyers associated with this company. Now, Orlovsky, that's why he did the song and dance, because he knows there's a one behind him. See, most of the stuff on social media is time zero there are probably some kids right now in the education system who will tell you that a million times zero is at least 500,000. There are some who will tell you that. But a million times zero is zero. And a million people flock to it. And a bunch of people say that's what it is. And it gets regurgitated. And this is why there's just kind of this, I don't know, like almost like a scarlet letter that people put on all of us Because of this a million times zero. That right there saying, I'm hearing, I've heard, and God bless Diana Rossini, but the New York Times is under the gun with their sports division, okay? They need some more of those millions to turn into 10 millions because at least they're holding on to a one. This company holding on to a one. Yeah, Media company holding on to a one. Everything else are zeros.
4: Yeah, that's why I like to say the destination is picked out or assured. It's just zero part of me buys that kj thank you but that's
5: the stuff that gets pushed and 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 it's and it's almost like this if you're of a certain age you you have an, a propensity to eat cereal all the time and they used to, we used to like my dentist would say your teeth will rot out of your mouth if you keep eating cereal like all day long do you do big of cereal all day long john
4: no i i do not right because i don't a eat dentist- nearly that healthy
5: Right, one, because I probably not grow a third mammary gland from drinking all that milk. But two, all that sugar that you're taking in on your teeth are just going to ruin them. And this is what you're offering up is a bunch of sugar-filled cereal that people take as real meals. Look, what was it? We were here two weeks ago? Yeah, I thought it was last week, but it wasn't. Two weeks ago, I said, if you're going to follow any pattern with Belichick, it would be the Paul Brown model. You don't know who Paul Brown is. Damn it, Google is for free. I'm getting sick of this a little bit. That what happened to Paul Brown is when he got fired by the Browns, you know, the team he was named after, he decided he would become an owner for an AFL team right right before the merger, owned the Cincinnati Bengals, became everything. That's why the Brown family still owned the Bengals. Now, I'm not saying that Belichick is going to suddenly buy a team. The prices are totally different but you have to figure that if he's just going to get up and go work for somebody else, damn it, wouldn't ownership be tied to it?
4: Yeah. And and I it's funny you say that. Like if let's say two teams are competing for him and one says, "Oh, we'll give you like a 2% stake in our team." And 2% might not sound like a lot, but when these teams are selling for 5-6 billion dollars, right. That is a lot. So And that's something, too, he can pass down generation to generation. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if – and we've seen even now Tom Brady, you know, has has an ownership stake in the Raiders, so I wouldn't be shocked if Bill says – Venus and
5: Serena have an ownership stake in the Dolphins, right.
4: Yeah, hey, Washington Commanders, you want me? You have a new owner? Well, now you're going to have another new part owner. Like, I wouldn't be – if I was a team and that's what it took to get him, I'd probably be open to doing that. Right,
5: because part of the Paul Brown story is once he now owns the Bengals – He's the head coach of the Bengals. Yep. So, I, look, I, my minutia goes, but so far when we're coming in. But I believe you can be part of the ownership group and still be a head coach because you're ultimately still part of the management structure.
4: Yeah, a player can't be, but a, a player can't
5: be. Yeah. Right. So if, if you're Belichick, it's either like the goodbye, I think because this is why I think happens, is he'll be back next year, but it will be part of the goodbye farewell tour. With this get with with the record right now, uh, hello one favorable schedule right. You you don't think the Patriots have a favorable schedule next year? Right now sitting at two at two and nine, you you don't think that you know you don't think that's on the table. Two, you don't think that there won't be an opportunity for the crafts to know that you can monetize on the Bill Belichick fell fell Fel, where tour, playing the greatest hits that everybody loves to see bringing back players each week from all these past teams to celebrate and salute the coach, even though he may not be physically out there at halftime for each game. I think that w- that's just not Belichick style. But there are ways to be able to milk this from a business perspective than to say, oh, he's going to go to San Diego and just be a coach.
4: Right. There's ways to milk it. And also just I think we – like what if they end up winning six games, KJ? <laughs> Like, and seriously, and then you win, you win four out of your last seven, and you win six, then you can say, oh, maybe we you know, we had a horrible first part of this. Like, then you can start to justify it, too, because then it's like, oh, hey, we won six games. We almost beat Philly and Miami early in the year, too. We almost beat Washington. We almost beat the Colts. Like, then all of a sudden, too, you start rationalizing, hey, a little more talent here, boom, we're going to be a lot better next year with a favorable schedule, too. So I think – How this plays out the next four, five, six, seven weeks also has a barrier. Like, I don't think it's final. Like, I know there's reports that they're trending towards a separation, and that very well may be true, but I don't think it's finalized yet. Well, here's the
5: thing. I think the the Patriots have a better chance of having that Christmas Eve game flexed back into the daytime. Than they do winning six of the of the remaining games. I just I just don't see That'd that. That'd Be happening. fine with
4: me too. Yeah, exactly. One p.m. You know. <laughs> Christmas Eve game. I actually went to the one p.m. Christmas Eve game last year against the Bengals. Yeah. So it was cool to be out there in zero degree weather to watch them almost come back. That was yeah. that was fun. Yeah.
5: Yeah. My wife looks at me and says, "This is the day the Savior is born." And football is that important? I'm like, you know, yes. it's, it's almost yeah, it's course. almost kind of yeah. hard to pull me to see, watch a look at the house on a Sunday. Yeah. But it, 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 here's the other part of that though is. You don't want to find yourself as a franchise that said, "Okay, Tom Brady walked because they wouldn't pay him enough money. Bill Belichick was run out of the door, and you still have a quarterback now in their fourth year who right now has a better has a better talent to throw to three defenders wide open than he is to complete a pass to a person next to
4: him." Yeah, and I think another piece of this is for craft like, the biggest part of his legacy is the six Super Bowls, and that's not going to change. But I also think he does not want a footnote in his legacy to be the guy that got rid of both Brady and Belichick, right? right. Like, oh, hey, Bill wanted to get rid of Brady. I stuck with him, so I let Brady go. And then a few years later, I fired Bill. Like, I don't think he wants that to be part of his legacy, even if it's a footnote underneath the six championships. Right. I don't think he – because I think there's still – to me, and, and you covered this more closely than I did in the '90s, but there was a bad taste I think in Kraft's mouth the way the things ended with Parcells for a long time. Yeah, and then I, that you well, know, Belichick was, is part of the revenge play, and, and that and that right, and that bad taste is gone now, right? It's been 20 years, six Super Bowls, but I don't think he wants that again, and I don't think he wants to be the guy that says. Oh yeah, in his last five years as an owner, he got rid of the greatest quarterback and coach of all time, and had nothing to show for it. I didn't, wise.
5: I didn't cover that in the nineties. I was a kid in the nineties. No, I just paid attention. You, know, you
4: were paying attention more. Than yeah, that. I, yeah, I was I, a little kid. Right, paid attention to schoolwork. You were no. in your what prime. Was going sports KJ. and music. Was, oh yes. Just, yeah. You're still in your prime, KJ. Right,
5: well, thank you. Well, you don't have to. You don't have to like say it like that, like as a reaffirming thing. Like I am somebody, or you look no. good, damn it, and you should feel good too. It's KJ and Lions or W E E I. We're two minutes away from the Lions' dead. So here's how you've flown into Logan, right? You know the A B situation. Oh yeah. Where where you're flying in over the water. And I remember years ago I came in and because the, the currents and the wind caught, you know, caught the area right there perfectly that my pa- the plane bounced and leaned to the side a little bit and then corrected itself, right? These things do happen, but you know, the approach, depending on the time of the year and the winds and everything that's going on inside the harbor, it can be an interesting landing. And I wonder if the Patriots' plane is, okay, turbulence when Tom left, but you feel like you'd be able to manage it because the franchise was so strong. Then with Mac Jones, you felt like you were kind of leveling up as you're coming over like sandwich and you're looking down in the board and stuff like that. And then when you're about to land, you're like, oh my gosh, what, what current has hit this plane right now? And I think the idea is you still got to land this plane comfortably for the Patriots. And I think the crash landing would be is if you just – Kick Bill out the
4: door. Yeah, and we're talking about Bill now, but KJ, right. we've talked a lot about Bill and Mac and the roster. I also think like this coaching staff beyond Bill has hurt them too. And look, there's a lot of guys on there who know a lot more about football than I do and good coaches, right. but go back to when they last won the Super Bowl five years ago. I think it's undisputed they had the best coaching staff in the NFL. Now, I mean, last year they had... With
5: the best quarterback in the NFL.
4: Right, and last year they had the worst offensive coaching staff, still pretty good on defense. Now it's probably better overall. the best of the
5: worst quarterback in the
4: NFL. Yeah, now it's probably a better coaching staff than last year, but I don't view it as the best staff in the league or a top five staff in the league. And I think when you have a young quarterback and a lot of young pieces on both sides of the ball, that makes a really big difference. I mean, how many offensive players in the last three years have gotten better Year over year, being here like well, I, uh, Stevenson. Okay, I think he's gotten better. On well, John, was here, good right away. Here, but, here's a really easy I,
5: a question to answer: is Is it bad play calling or bad execution?
4: Well, I think it's both. But I'm talking more about the development piece, like the off the practices, the off season, like getting better as players. I mean, really, I mean, we're look at their. I mean, who on that offensive roster is better than they were two years ago or three years R- ago? Like maybe Stevenson. I would give maybe you maybe Rods,
5: Rods Stevenson. Yeah, yeah,
4: he's the only like. Because think about it, Mike Onwenu came in and he was good right away, so he's he hasn't gotten any better, he hasn't gotten any worse. But like, I mean, is Cole Strange is worse than he was? Mac Jones is worse than he was. The tight ends are getting less production. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Devontae Parker's gotten worse since he's been here, and I know well, he, was, I, he I, was I know he has injuries, injuries. I get it, but like, yeah. he's gotten worse since he's been here. I, Kendrick Bourne was really good year one and was just absent last year because the coaches didn't like him. He was better this year, but still, there's a a year in the middle there where he's completely misused. Like I, so I think the development and the coaching, especially if you're going to go through a rebuild in any sport, you need coaches that can really develop young guys. And I think we've seen that to an extent on defense with Mayo and Steve Belichick. We haven't seen it on offense or special teams over the last three years.
5: All right, it's KJ and Lions. Here's what's happening on WEEI over the next 10 minutes. In seven minutes, we'll talk to Keith Smith, contributor to Sport Track and the NBA Front Office Show. But right now it's time for
4: lose this the all
5: right the Lions Den All Patriots Edition. John, will the Patriots come out of the bye week roaring or meowing? So
4: meowing overall. They might beat the Giants, but I don't see them beating like they have Pittsburgh and the Chargers and the Chiefs after that. So
5: I I, I could imagine the over under on that game might be the lowest total for the entire season in all of Vegas. All right, would you rather Mac Jones roar the rest of the season or meow so they can get a top
4: QB in the top five? I would rather him roar, so that way they can take Marvin Harrison Jr. or a tackle in the top five and move forward that way. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but I would rather him roar.
5: Yeah, I've seen too much meowing, and like I said, once that cat gets domesticated, don't put it outside because, well, okay, yeah, that, that that gets a little violent there. All right, and the final Lions Den question, what, what potential future destination would Belichick roar the most if that happened?
4: I think it's the Cowboys. That's a roster that's ready to win, really good on offense, defense, specialty. Imagine Belichick coaching Micah Parsons. like That'd be awesome. And what's held them back the last two years? Stupid coaching mistakes or stupid little mistakes that I think wouldn't happen if he was their head coach.
5: What potential future destination would Belichick roar the most at for me? Retirement. Damn oh. it, this guy has a great taste in women. He's going to be able to flex his humor muscle that he has. Doesn't have to worry about the stress of the press. Bill, I said, gets another year. It's a farewell tour, and then he goes bye-bye. I don't think the Shula thing is a issue at all on the table. I think it's a non-starter. There's no way he gets the Shula without permanently damaging this, uh, this, this franchise for the next several years. All right, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. More KJ and Lions next. We talked Celtics and NBA, but right now it's time to trend with Justin Turpin.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
5: Let that rock, Turpin. Let that rock.
0: Could be just for you.
5: KJ Lyons, W E E I. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Still to come, bets to the future. The third annual Jive Turkey Awards. And we're two minutes away from Keith Smith of Sport Track. And, of course, the NBA front office show. John, that Celtics game last night was so tough to watch, not because of the lack of production, but the seeming greed of the NBA in this tournament, right? Like, you're going to put on a newer court in Toronto, a place that's right off of a lake, and the weather is a little bit different at this time of the year. Like, it doesn't make any sense.
4: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the courts in general, too. Like, the Celtics, the first time ever they don't play with the parquet, is in their first in-season tournament game. Like, I... The the concept of the in-season tournament, I'm not necessarily against overall. I don't love it, but the courts just uh kind of kind of killing me so far. Well, the thing is, how do you sell the court as, you know, it's
5: one thing with these city connect jerseys. Okay, you can put them in a store. What are you going to put a court in the store, Alec? Like, yeah, and hey, by the put... way,
4: with the city jerseys, how long is it going to take for the Celtics to make a jersey based off the water tower next to 93 North? Like in... can, can we get one of those you know, you know, you know
5: what? You know what would be a good one is um, the where they found the bodies of one of Whitey Bulger's bodies under the Dorchester Police Station some years ago. Like, like that would be like that would be a good one. Like, yeah. like the ninety, like the, the expressway, like just the big expressway with yeah. And cars the, the, the Pistons
4: in. can do one where they found Jimmy Hoffa's body. You know, right? Yeah, yeah.
5: or dead parquet piece yeah. of dead parquet on the jer- I,
4: yeah, yeah yeah. I'm sure Keith is listening, very excited to get on with us after that. Yes.
5: Yeah. In fact, let's go ahead and bring in Keith Smith. Keith, thank you so much for joining us here on KJ and Lions. There's improv, there's sports talk, there's music. There's a lot, but we appreciate you being here, man.
3: I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm with you on the Water Tower jerseys. We, you know, those are the ones I've been waiting on, too, and we, we haven't gotten them yet.
4: All right. We have another person in the movement for the Water Tower jerseys. I've been waiting for those for years. Uh, Keith, uh, thanks for joining the program. I want to start off here. The two biggest things the Celtics did this offseason, they bring in Chris Tapps, Porzingis, they bring in Drew Holiday. Porzingis, he's averaging 19-6 and six so far this year. Holiday, 13-7 and seven with five assists a game. I mean, they've been, from my eyes, they've been really, really good. But I wanted to get your take on it, someone that covers the Celtics, the NBA. How would you assess their fit with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Derek White and the rest of the Celtics so far?
3: Yeah, it's come together a lot quicker than I thought it was going to. I, I thought we were going to have a chance that we might be twenty games into this, and the Celtics were, you know, twelve and eight or ten and ten or something like that. Because anytime you're asking two guys, and Porzingis and Holiday, who have always been nothing more than the number two guy on their teams, to step in and turn into all right, hey, here you're going to be third, fourth, even fifth. Some nights, you know, options that can be kind of bumpy. And then the other guys are, you know, all right. How do we make sure we get them enough touches? Well, getting ourselves enough to be in rhythm and those sorts of things. It can be bumpy, but we've seen the sacrifice. You know, Al Horford going to the bench. Uh, Tatum and Brown are seeding some uh, shots. Derek White seeding some shots, and and Porzingis and Holiday are basically stepping in. And I think they're just at the point of their careers where for them, it's all about winning. Now they, they've kind of had the other accolades, but they, they wanted, you know, compete for titles, Holiday's been there, and I think Porzingis would like to be.
4: And, Keith, so far, the numbers tell us the Celtics are the best team in the NBA. They have a 10-2 and record, which is the best in the NBA. They have the best point differential in the NBA, the best net rating in the NBA. For your eyes, though, I mean, there's Denver's really good. Phoenix just got healthy. Do, do you think the Celtics are the best team in the NBA right now?
3: sorry about that yeah I, I think they are i you know I think when we watch them they they are playing the best I, you know it's it's not um you know hard to see that when when you watch them go against some of these teams and I think one of the big things is they're figuring out how to win games last night great example they weren't great Last night. They, they they went through it in the third quarter. It looked like a mess. And I believe in the last year or so, that's a game they would have kind of let completely, you know, fitter away, and we would have all been like – what in the world, you know, you blew a 16-point second-half lead, what happened, all those things, but they stayed composed, they got back under control, and and they came away with a win. And when when you're blowing teams out, that's one thing, it all feels great and everything like that. But winning games like that, where you kind of refigure it out, you come back and get a big win, that's absolutely huge. So I think, you know, they're winning different styles, uh, you know, uh, fast-paced, high-scoring, slow-down, grind-it-out kind of stuff. They're really playing well.
5: KJ Lyons on WEEI. I got Keith Smith with us from the NBA front office show. Keith, so I've always felt, and, and I think many of us do, that the Celtics are going to be, if you will, in a Final Four when it comes to the NBA playoffs. You mentioned about Al Horford moving to the bench. I like what Sam Hauser has been able to do, the kind of save face as that that stretch shooter. I believe that at the end of the day, when it comes down to the playoffs, that the Celtics are going to need a distributor, and potentially a rebounder from the backcourt that can also defend. Talk me off of a ledge of saying that maybe Russell Westbrook could be the missing piece once you get towards the playoffs as a bench piece, not as a scorer, but as a distributor, a rebounder, and a defender.
3: Yeah, I can't get there with you. I apologize on that one. I think the problem is he can't shoot. And in the playoffs...
5: But he doesn't need to shoot if you've got Tatum Brown. he doesn't
3: need to shoot. But you're going to put whoever's defending him is just going to play off him, and they're going to make it harder on everybody else. When we get into the playoff series, it's, it's anybody's weaknesses are magnified. If you're small and can't defend, you're going to get played off the floor. If you can't shoot, you're generally going to get played off the floor, and the challenger comes. I get it. He doesn't need to, but it's going to be what happens with the guy who's defending him. Who, what he's going to do is he's going to drop into those cutting lanes. He's going to double. He's going to make life harder on Tatum and Brown. And we've seen Tatum and Brown are still learning how to be playmakers against double teams and the like. I don't want to do anything that makes it that much harder on them to get there. I, I think – They've got enough ball handling and playmaking with guys like Derek White and Drew Holiday and and defending. Russ isn't a great defender at this point in his career. He gambles for steals, and that's about what he has going for him. He doesn't really do a whole lot else. So I think you really, you know, you'd rather be more with your solid guys that you know that can do things and White and Holiday. And I think what you'll see when we get into the postseason, the rotation will really shrink down. It'll probably be uh, the the starting five, Forford, Hauser, and Maybe Peyton Pritchard, maybe somebody else plays a little bit off the bench, but it's gonna be those guys are gonna be going thirty five, thirty-eight, forty minutes a night, uh, you know, in the playoffs, and that's generally, you know, where they should be. And in some ways that's almost better for the Celtics because you're gonna shrink down the rotation and remove some of the guys who have some of those weaknesses.
5: Okay, I'm not gonna let it go because you could so if you believe, if you had to say in a crunch time situation with the backup out there, would you rather have Russell Westbrook or Peyton Pritchard in a key playoff situation? And the reason why I, I, I mentioned those two question. because their money's match, right? If you sent him to the Clippers, the Clippers would have to take all of the money and you would just have to take the remaining money of Russell Westbrook, but you would be off of his contract at the end of the year. Because we can all agree that the Celtics are in a win-today situation, correct? Yeah, so would absolutely. You take, so would you take Peyton Pritchard or Russell Westbrook in a key playoff
3: moment? So I guess my question is why why is why is Holiday and White not the guys on the floor, right? If we're saying it, you know, because there was an injury or something like that, well, that's a whole other story, right? Then then we're starting to talk about all right, well, maybe we need to look at things a little bit different. But, you know, to be quite honest, at this point in their career, with the way the rest of the Celtics are built, I'm fine with Peyton Pritchard out there because I know he hasn't shot it well this year, but I think he'll shoot well. I don't think he's any worse than Russell Westbrook is as a defender. And, And you're not. Again, I'm not taking the ball out of Tatum, Brown, or even Holiday or White's hands, or even Porzingis or Horford for that matter, to say, hey, Russ, go create something for us. It's, it's, it's just not what I want to do. He's just not that player at this point in his career. He hasn't been for the last couple of years. And that's why you see him doing things like, hey, I'll take a bench role now with the Clippers because I think he realizes, hey, my role here is to be you know, a 20-minute-a-night backup kind of guy and hopefully you know i can juice the offense when when i'm in there running the show versus playing with a whole bunch of guys who need those touches
4: we're talking with keith smith here and keith thank you by the way i've been trying to articulate that to kj for like two months now but you said it better than me in the last <laughs> minute and a half so that you would thank, rather have peyton Pritchard on the, on the that, floor that, that, that westbrook's not the minutes. answer yes that, okay. that is, i've been trying to but keith the biggest additions the Celtics made this year, you mentioned Holiday, Porzingis, right? But not far behind that to me, they add Charles Lee to the coaching staff. They add Sam Cassell to the coaching staff, guys who in their own right could be head coaches in the NBA to kind of solidify the staff behind Joe Missoula. And some felt even if Missoula faltered to potentially replace him at 10 and two with the Celtics winning close games, winning blowout games, how would you assess Missoula's growth from you know the end of last season through 12 games this year?
3: Yeah, I think he was asked to do something really hard uh, last season, and myself included in this. I don't think enough of us really recognized how hard it was, what he was asked to do, which was, you know, hey, uh, you know, a few days before training camp opens, guess what? You're going to coach the team now that was in the finals. Make sure you figure it all out. Don't screw it up. And that's that's really hard, right? Like, that, it wasn't his job. And beyond that, the rest of the staff had lost some guys, and then Damon Stardemeier, his top guy, left, you know, with a month to go in the regular season. So it was a difficult spot for him. So, yeah, adding Cassell and Lee, I think, have given him, a couple more guys he can lean on that have been through it. They've kind of been there. Cassell also has that voice with the players of, hey, when you're going through this stuff, I've been there. I've been in those moments that you're in right now. I, I know what it's like to have a shooting slump or what it's like to you know, feel a little sluggish and those kind of things. And I think that's all you know, really important stuff to have those guys. And he just, Missoula didn't have those guys to lean on last year, especially after uh, Damon Sotomayor left. So I think we're in a spot with... You know him. I think what we've seen growth wise is he. There's no more real kind of snap reactions. I thought last year he was on the extremes. It was either I'm going to trust my guys to play through everything, no matter how bad it got, or well, we're going sideways. I'm going to sub guys out, and and that's why you know we hit the middle of the season. It's like wait, I don't know we're going to make it all the way end here with Tatum and Brown and all these guys playing 40 minutes a night. It was getting to be a little, little bit too much. And I think this year around, what he's done is he's done well as far as kind of being in a spot where, all right, I've got my rotations. I'm going to kind of stick and trust my rotations and I'm going to not overreact to things. And I think that's been been big too. I, I don't necessarily agree with the offensive approach uh, you know, as much as some, some of the others do, but I think Porzingis has helped add you know, something that that they didn't have before holidays getting down inside and working. And I think that's helping a little bit to give the offense the balance it needs.
5: Keith, I wanted to ask you about some of the other teams that are in the Eastern Conference that are a part of the equation. Joel B made his comments the other night saying that the Celtics are the best team, and people tried to knock him for it. I, I get what he is saying because he, I think what he's saying, we're not there yet, but with <laughs> Milwaukee, Are you concerned about Milwaukee as you get down later into the season? All things considered, no injuries, everybody's healthy. Does the size bother you like it bothers me that Milwaukee has?
3: A little bit. I think the challenge is um, we know Al Horford will do what he can against uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's done a good job. I'm by no means going to suggest he shuts him down and stops him, but he's done a good job. The other two guys who have done the best job against him have been Grant Williams and Marcus Smart, and they're not here anymore. No. So we're going to have to see. You know, is Drew Holiday? They put him on Joel Embiid. You know, direct the, the in the, the game the other day. Then he did okay. He kind of held up all right for, for moments of that game. But we'll see. Are they going to do that with him on Giannis? We've seen Jalen Brown at times take turns on Giannis, and I think that's almost a better place. To think Jalen Brown's a much better on-ball defender than he is an off-ball guy off ball i think his attention wanders and he gets a little bit lost so i think you know you've got options but yeah that part of it worries me if their bucks are going to continue to play the style of defense they're playing now their size doesn't really bother me on defense because they've got Brooke lopez playing out you know 30 feet from the basket at the level of the ball and i get it adrian griffin the new coach there's he's he's trying to do some different stuff he's trying to I think experiment a little bit here in the early months of the season knowing, Hey, if we need to, we can go back to the defensive style of the last few years. And I can feel good that we have that kind of in in my back pocket, if I need to pull it, but I want to see, can we master this, you know, hedging and, in recover type stuff. And it's asking a lot of Brooke Lopez. And that's why they've really struggled defensively. Also, Damian Lillard's just not a good defender at this point in his career. He was, for a little bit, there was a passable average guy. Now he just isn't good at all. So that's another thing where teams now have an attack point where they didn't have that before.
4: Keith, beyond Philly and Milwaukee, who we've talked a lot about and, and we know they're 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 good and will be good eventually, is there another team in the East that you think the Celtics should be really worried about? I mean, is it Miami because of the institutional thing? Is it Cleveland because of Donovan Mitchell? Or is There's somebody completely different that if you're the Celtics that maybe you're not totally scared of, but that you really got to keep your eye on. Yeah. I mean,
3: part of me wants to say Orlando, given the struggles they had with the magic last year, but I, I, that, that doesn't feel overly realistic. I think they'd be okay. But yeah, so it's Miami just because of the history there. And I, and I think, Um, Sometimes uh, the the talent imbalance is made up with the Heat kind of knowing, hey, these guys get tight at the end of games. We don't, and if it's tight – with two minutes left, we feel like we're going to out-execute them and and make something happen. Now, you know, two years ago, the Celtics figured it out and got to the finals last year. They didn't quite figure it out and couldn't get through the heat. So I think that's the only other team that jumps out at me. But it feels like that Miami team is shallower than they have been. It doesn't feel like they have a real way to make in-season moves to correct some of the stuff. So I'm not super worried about them like it has been in past years. For me, it's more about – primarily it's about – are the Celtics playing the way they can and doing the things they should be? And are they healthy? If they are, I like their chances against anybody in the East. But it's, if I'm looking at the other teams, it's, it's Milwaukee, then a tier break, probably then Miami, and then another tier break. And then I put Philly there just because you know the Celtics. Every time with Philly, they're they're kind of the, the what well, Miami is for the Celtics. The Celtics have become that for the 76ers.
5: Keith Smith, NBA front-off show contributor as well as Sport Track. Thank you so much for hanging out with us here. When KJ and lines, man. have a great Saturday.
4: I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.
5: All right, yeah, John, I'm I am not coming off of that square of Peyton Pritchard for Russell Westbrook.
4: Yeah, we call that uh, your your take committed. Uh, you know, it's not even a take, right? Because no, no, it, I, I don't mean it as like it's a take. Right? It's like right. you believe it, and you're, you're you know you're committed. You believe right?
5: It. Right? It's part of like I don't, I don't want to say it's part of my commandments, but it's like if you're gonna to win today, yeah. and Peyton Pritchard is not yeah. hitting shots and Hauser is right, so you say, okay, well they'll just leave. Russell Westbrook open where he can always just pass to the one who's not double teamed, right? You have, you see, the, the, the thing is he hasn't had a Tatum and Brown on the outside to get to. Now, I'm not saying that he's the closer. He does that's does have Hawaii
4: and Paul George, though. Like, well, I, they, I know what you're well, saying about have, Tatum and Brown. They have Brown.
5: James Harden. That's a problem. That thing is going to be,
4: that, that thing is yeah, going to break up faster the than AG. the Beatles. How much better are the 76ers <laughs> with just Tyreek's Ma- maxi balling out instead of having James Harden there? Well, because James oh, was, Harden, he just takes away space. I, yeah, right? he <laughs> held them back. I, re, I mean, right. like he again. I, if I'm the Sixers, I feel a lot better just not having Harden there, regardless of what they got for him. Just that, hey, now it's the Maxi Embiid show. I, I feel a lot better about them if I'm a Sixers fan than I did when Harden was there.
5: Right, and if you're the Clippers, you realize that all four of those guys are not going to be there by the end of the year, and you probably say that one person is going to be Russell Westbrook. Why? Because between Harden and Westbrook, those guys have more on sale markdown jerseys than anybody in the NBA combined, right? Because like Houston was, those are for sale. Oklahoma City was, those are for sale. You know, th- yeah. these guys have been places. And I think if you want to take a shot and say, we have to win now, and this is what we may be up against, especially in a guard heavy West, let's say you're running, a, like, like if you want someone to just tire Jamal Murray out. You would be, I think you would be okay running Russell Westbrook out there for 10 minutes to frustrate him to just give Drew Holiday a breather because I would be concerned if you're playing five, six Celtics 40 minutes, you know, almost 40 minutes a game every night that's going to catch up.
4: Yeah, and, and to me, I but I, th- I think the Celtics' bigger need, and the thing I'm watching more, front court depth. And I know, look, a lot of people say, oh, what championship team, what playoff team really has three good bigs? And I understand that, but... Like your best big has had some injury history, right, in Porzingis. Right. Your next best big in Horford is what thirty seven and he'll be thirty eight by the playoffs. Right. So I still think and Luke Cornette I think has been pretty good this year, but that's pretty good ain't gonna cut it. that's the <laughs> point I'm watching is that I feel like there's gonna be a playoff game or, or two where they're gonna need that third big to give them some valuable minutes. Like it's, know, it might not make a break championship, like, but it's you know what that
5: feels like you're saying, John? We're going to need Marcus Smart to hit some shots here in the playoff game.
4: Yeah, well, I, no, I, I'm i not that worried. I'm not that worried. Trust me when I say I'm not that worried. But I but I think it's, you know, last year they, it felt like they brought in Mike Muscala at the trade deadline to be that guy, and it didn't work out. I think now if Cornette's that guy, and again, when I say – like they might need one game that Porzingis isn't fully healthy, or Horford needs a lot of rest in the second round, and they need to play Cornette a lot of minutes, and that could make a difference. A lot, you know, through the rest of your playoff run, like that's why I'm watching. Like the guards, whether it's Pritchard, White, Holiday, and you can even throw like Jalen Brown can handle the ball, um, and Jason Tatum. Like, so I'm not as worried. About, I'm worried about that other big besides Porzingis and Horford. Is it going to be Cornet? Is it going to be somewhere outside the organization? We'll have to be outside, I think. Uh, yeah, probably. Unless, I mean, look, credit to Cornette. He has played well, but I don't know. Does that continue between now and May? I don't know.
5: KJ and Lions, WEEI. Still to come, we'll talk about the increased Shohei Otani talk. And uh, I'm not Nostradamus or anything, but I will show you that I am. Plus, we'll get into more Patriots talk. Uh, so thank you so much for hanging out on a Saturday.
1: Broadcasting from the greatest sports city in the world.
2: thanks takes the shot. get From the Rubenstein Law Studios,
1: 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI.
2: We're back at KJ and Lions on WEEI.
5: Oh, uh, yeah. KJ and Lions, WEEI, 617-779-7937. Snoop, have you, have you heard this, guys? Justin, John? Snoop says he's given up smoke.
4: Ugh. Yeah, I feel like we'll find it, out. Uh, yeah, the, I think this is a product ploy. Because yeah. when he say
5: smoke, that goes a couple of ways. Maybe it's called a product giving up smoke. I, yeah, I've, there's, there are seriously some people right now who are in a conundrum about what to do with their lives because their, Sneeder, their looter Snoop Dogg has decided to, to stop smoking.
4: Maybe he just does edibles now. <laughs> you know, trying to eat healthy—it's
5: a good idea. You know, I don't know. <laughs> hey, careful, guys! We are still a federal government agency here that we have to answer to. We have to be careful.
4: Maybe just not doing it publicly. Yeah, well, yeah. use responsibility. maybe he'll have a uh, Super Bowl commercial where all of a sudden he—you <laughs> said Super Bowl. Listening oh, yeah. to smoking like in public during the Ram Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, right, just, right on the stage. Yeah. Right with and he the did D-L-D-L-G. the actual Super Bowl halftime show a couple years ago, right? Wasn't he up there with Eminem and Dre? Yeah, that's yeah. the
5: part I was like, wow. Like, how do you keep your balance that high up on that mechanism, knowing that you're taking something that can cause your balance to go off?
4: And how about Didn't Rihanna do that last year while pregnant, too? She <laughs> yeah. was, like, way up there. I was like, ooh.
5: Yeah, wow. I just wonder what Usher will do. My wife is hoping that he takes his clothes off. I think she's at that point for Usher at halftime.
4: Well, so you know it, what? There's something for us to root for, I guess. <laughs> KJ's <laughs> wife getting to see us here with no shirt on, something because we won't be rooting for the I Patriots. Didn't say shirt that day. off, I said clothes yeah, off. Yeah, I'm trying to be polite, <laughs> KJ. Like we won't be rooting for the Patriots that day, so I guess we'll have something to root for.
5: Yeah, the Patriot missile, Kyle and Lowell. Thank you so much for calling, KJ and Lions. You're on the air. Yeah,
4: hey, going?
5: Good.
0: Yeah, I think KJ. I can't. I can't believe you're the only person saying this but I'm glad you bring it up. Celtics, if they're gonna lose this year it's because their backup point guard is atrocious. I can't believe we paid <laughs> Peyton Pritchard thirty million. I I believe a guy of the name Patrick Beverly out there, they signed him for a one year deal for three million dollars. What are we doing? Yeah, I mean, Kyle- and the big issue but go, go
5: ahead. Go ahead Kyle. I
0: was just say, the biggest issue about Pritchard is I mean you gotta have speed in the NBA to be able to offset some of these real tough matchups like Maxi at Philly, you got to have a quick point guard to come off the bench and wear him down. Even if you're not going to be able to stop him, I mean, you got to have speed. The problem is Drew Holiday is not fast, even though he's great. Derek White is a great two-guard who can play He's like a combo. He can play point guard But he's not fast either. we got no real speed in the backcourt.
5: Kyle, thanks for it's the 30 call. $30 for that. Yeah, well, I think you give Peyton Pritchard the money because – if you do move them, you're going to have to move them for a price that you're going to get some a player reasonable back. Sure. Like if you think you're getting back a two million dollar player, either it's somebody who's on an, an expiring veteran contract that's that's really not serviceable. So
4: yeah. And, and the caller brought up Beverly, and and I do like Beverly, but what gives me pause is he's on his fifth team in five years. So like, is there something there where? He really wears out his welcome, and it could cause some sort of – and I'm not trying to accuse – I don't know, but it's just you see five teams in five years. That's kind of a red flag to me. And I, I still think, look, Drew Holiday is an excellent player. Derek White is a really good player. If I had to choose between, hey, am I worried more about my you know backup point guard or who my third big is, I still think the third big – is a is a bigger concern right now, and also those two guys. Derek White played all eighty two games last year. Drew Holiday's been pretty durable in his career. Was a big part of a play team all winning a forty eight minutes. John. I'm not asked. They don't need to though. Like that. See, this Celtics team is not like some other teams where they have that full second unit and other guys come in. Like the way they're doing it is, you know, Tatum will come off the floor and Brown will play into the second quarter. Then Brown will come off. Tatum will come on. Drew Holiday will be there for part of it. Derek White will be there for part of it. So they're just managing it a little bit differently. Like Horford and Pritchard come off the bench, and then you know later on another one of the other starting guards swaps back in. So it's not the traditional. Hey, they're nine guys deep. Or ten. And look, hey, would I love another guard? Sure, but I just think the front court thing because of the Horford aids and the Porzingis injury thing has me a little bit more concerned. And look who you're going to face potentially in the playoffs. Like, Embiid is an MVP level big. Giannis and Brooke Lopez are really big. And I know they're still figuring it out, but those are two great big guys, especially Giannis, best player in the NBA. If you play Denver in the finals, I mean, they well, have Jokic. So, John. like, you're going to face teams with really good bigs if you're going to win a championship.
5: John, we're cutting into Paulie's one minute of time he's going to be having allotted here on KJ Lions.
4: Paulie, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I need more like one hour say all I, I need to say you think we're playing Today, boys Play. <laughs> um yeah or, uh but Belichick I'll take the draft capital for him he's only got one year left there I don't want you then he'll walk or what have you or then they'll fire him but I'd rather just try to get that get that draft capital for him at the end of the year I've been saying I think he's going to the Giants or Washington um looks like Washington right now uh he's not going anywhere else but um yeah, and, and you, you stop Mac Jones, you work him up, you raise, raise his stock so you can get what it, what you got, what you can get for him. You take that draft capital you for Belichick and, and, um, you know, Mac Jones, and you're probably going to have a high pick anyway, and you go up the ladder, do whatever you got to do to get that receiver, Harrison. You get him, and uh, you got your two tackles on when you, and uh, he plays better right tackle than he does right guy, as it turns out. Um, for a right guy, he's better right tackle. Um and you get a you get a real solid guy, you know, a Notre Dame guy, you know, a Logan Mackins type, a real tough uh, uh, guy. Hit that so, buzzer, get in there. Huh?
5: Yeah.
4: Thank you, Paul. That was a minute ten. See, very I'm kind gracious. of you, KJ. See, I'm I'm gracious. 10x4, so I, I, no, I You're a man of the people. That's yeah. What it that's
5: is. more than ten percent more of the time that I said he could have.
4: Yeah. You. you that's what you're a man. So of the no people. one could
5: say that I'm unfair.
4: Yeah, man of the people. Yeah. Uh, talk about the Yeah, people. look, I'm just going to say this, and, and I said earlier in the show that the best-case scenario for the Patriots is that they start Mac the rest of the year and he's good and you still get a top-ten pick. The idea that you would trade Mac Jones and get anything of value, I, I just don't I, – I can't see that at all. Like, I just – because if he's good, you're going to keep him. And if he plays like he's playing, what team in the NFL looks around and says, oh, yeah, I want that guy. Like, he, I just – you know what I mean?
5: Yeah, I can't uh, see how the MBTA is going to get 24 – Point five billion to fix MBTA. Now, might
4: as well just build a whole new T. Well, right? no, that's just to I fix, not to build yeah, a whole but, new. But my question, KJ, is like, what's the difference in cost between? It's like you know, you have the old car, and do I want to do another three hundred dollars of repairs, or just want to get another get a new car? Right, like, what's the real difference between like, let's build a whole new train system that consistently works. As opposed to, like, let's spend $24 billion fixing it again. Here's what they need to do is get an MBTNA OnlyFans live page.
5: Oh, yeah. We're spending more than just turnstiles in here tonight, boys and girls. We're turning those Charlie cards into John cards. Not with an H. That's John Lyons. So these are different. Our John cards tonight where we've got some money to fix those signals stations, trains, bus garages, and tracks. Tonight, OnlyFans Live,
4: they've all got backs. John, you got your ones ready? You know, I don't because I'd Turpin. rather drive than take the T. Turpin, you honest. got your ones ready? I think Turp does, though. I, I do, I do, yes.
5: First, we got the green line. Yes, green is the color of money and envy, but this train will get you so excited when it arrives. I mean, is it at an extension, or are you just happy that you were only 30 minutes late? Oh, we got blue, baby. It'll make you say, yeah, Revere, Beach, And that's coming up from Wood Island. All red, don't tell the alewife you're heading to Braintree. That's a hard track to repair, and aren't you glad you came for the headliner? We'll break your heart, fall apart, and set your soul on fire. The MBTNA
4: OnlyFans Live. (sighs) Has anyone ever been excited for Revere Beach? Yeah, beach. Really? Like, <laughs> rapier, beach? I don't
3: know. Come to
4: a fireworks show, Island. I think. Do they? Yeah. You maybe, know, I went maybe to that? Maybe that gets people going. I went you to know, the Plymouth you... Beach one time, and the fireworks for July 4th, like, the barge set on fire. So that was interesting. I haven't you gone like back that? since.
5: Don't tell the ale up like you're it. heading for some brain to brain tree?
4: Yeah. yeah that's my hometown, KJ. <laughs> it's a great place. Yeah, great mall. You know? Look,
5: exactly. And and trust me, $24.5 billion. It's it's just tough for people who use this thing and have to come in with an excuse for work. Like, John, you say you drive it. Like, if I drove in, I would use the MBTA as an excuse to buy myself extra time getting it to the office.
4: Yeah, it's true. And you know, it's funny. Like, how much was the big dig? And yet, the other night when I went to the Bruins game, I the big still dig sat was, in traffic. Was, well, I think for it was five
5: a, lives. That's what yeah, it caused. Ultimately. I mean,
4: yeah. It like, and then on the way to the Bruins game last week, I still sat in like 40 minutes of traffic or whatever <laughs> it was. I'm like, how much did we pay for this? And I'm still. But hey, with the big dig, you got a beautiful park out of it. Yeah, and a nice tunnel, I suppose. <laughs> so that's still, why why am I still it. in traffic? Exactly. Uh, NBA
5: fans, only fans. I'd rather spend that, that twenty-four
4: and a half billion dollars trying to see if we can get flying cars, so I can go right over the traffic. Okay, George Jetson final hour. I feel, well, I feel hour. like for twenty-four and a half billion, <laughs> I could come up with a flying car. Thought we'd supposed to be there by twenty twenty-three, but. KJ guess not. and
5: Lions <laughs> next. W e e i third hour.
2: W E E I W E E I W E E I in Boston. Legendary station. New England
0: Sports Original.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?